just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your week is going well. So far in the living room slash studio of the Rational Boomer Podcast, all seems to be going pretty smoothly. We're in the early morning hours of Wednesday, November 24th, and hopefully this week will keep rolling along like it has been. Now, before I get into the real heavy topics like we normally do on the Rational Boomer Podcast, I want to touch on something that's a little lighter. Now, it may be concerning to a lot of people, and it kind of is me, but I more look at it as kind of an interesting story. Now, in our area, and I'm presuming in most areas around the country, you have the store called Dollar Tree. Now, if you don't know what Dollar Tree is, it's basically a dollar store. You go in, you pick something up, you pay a dollar for it. Everything they sell is a dollar. Now, I've told my wife many times, I want to go into the Dollar Tree sometime, pick something up and uh, yell up to the cashier and say, how much is this? And when she answers, I'll say, how much is this? Well, how much is this? What if I get two of these? For whatever reason, that strikes me as funny. Unfortunately, my wife doesn't see the humor in it, so I won't be doing it. And that's probably wise. I'm always wise to take the advice of my wife because she has a little better perception of things than I do sometimes. (laughs) And to be perfectly honest with you, I will go into a Dollar Tree now and again. Not on a regular basis, but here and there. I mean, if I need toothpaste, I'd rather go into Dollar Tree and buy Crest or Colgate or something for a buck as opposed to going to the drugstore and paying four bucks for it. I don't typically go out of my way to uh, go to the Dollar Store or Dollar Tree, but when I'm near it, I'll go in and see what I need and what I can pick up for a buck. Now, there is one thing I will go out of my way to buy in a Dollar Tree dollar store. And that's greeting cards. Now you're probably saying to yourself, well, you cheap son of a bitch. <laughs> and it's really not about being cheap. It's not about the money. Although I get a little tired of paying eight bucks for a fucking card. And this is why I don't like paying the money for cards because it's so lame. I mean, a lot of these cards, what's written in them is very nice. But it's some guy or gal who wrote it on a card. You give it to somebody as if it's your words, but they're not your words. In these times of anniversaries or birthdays or whatever, doesn't it make more sense to actually show your sentiments by using your own words? Doesn't that mean more? It always seemed kind of lame for me to go by a card to express my emotions because I don't usually find cards that actually do that. Maybe close here, maybe partially there, but never really embody what it is I'm thinking, feeling, or trying to say. So I hate buying cards. They don't mean anything to me. Now, my wife, on the other hand, loves cards. So if I'm going to buy a card for her, I better go to the most expensive place, buy the most expensive card, and make sure it says exactly what I'm thinking, because that's what will make her happy. 
But when I'm giving money to my kids for Christmas or a birthday or something, they don't give a shit what the card says. They don't even read the card. They open the envelope, they look at the card, and they go, hmm, nice. And then they pull the money out and put it in their wallet. I'm not going to go spend eight bucks on a card so my kid can throw it away and not even read the goddamn thing. Anyway, I'm getting a little off topic here. We're talking about Dollar Tree, the dollar store. I do shop there from time to time, and I'm sure a lot of folks do too because you can save some money on things. Now, their business model has always been everything's for a dollar, but times change, and you've got to raise the prices. Now, here's the one thing I've noticed about Dollar Trees in and around this area. They're really having problems keeping people working in those stores. Every time I go to a Dollar Tree now, they're closed five hours early. They aren't open some days. They open later than normal. They're really having some problems with that. And all I can say is pay your, pay your people more goddamn money. You can do it. I know Dollar Tree makes a lot of fucking money. I know they're making a lot of money because when I was in the wholesale business, I sold Dollar Tree. What did I fucking sell them? I sold, uh, I sold them two truckloads of little cans of jalapeno beans. <laughs> or not jalapeno beans, jalapeno peppers in the little cans. I sold them two fucking truckloads. That was a lot of money. They had no problem with it. They called me the next day and said, can I get some more? Well, of course, I didn't have more, but these guys make a lot of money. They can pay their people better and keep the stores open. At some point, they're going to have to do that. But now, they're raising the prices in the store from a dollar to a dollar twenty-five. That goddamn Biden and his inflation. <laughs> people want to blame Biden for the inflation. It's not his fault. It, he's trying to do everything he can to bring it down with these bills and uh, using the gas reserves and all that stuff. But it's really not on Biden for it. People who blame him for it don't understand how the whole system works. Every time you come out of a big event, when everything was pulled back and you had less demand and less uh, products shipped, it takes a while for it to recover and get back to normal. That's what happened when we had COVID. So it's going to take some time. It will even out. It will get better, especially with the things that uh, Joe Biden is doing. But anyway, they are raising everything to $1.25. And I don't begrudge them that. Even still, a tube of toothpaste for a buck twenty-five is still a hell of a deal. But if your business model is selling everything for a buck, how do you work that out? Yeah, you need the more money. You need to raise it up. Uh, but now it's a buck twenty-five. Is that going to stop you from going to the Dollar Tree? Not me. Fuck it. I'll go. <laughs> Is that inflation killing us? Don't blame Joe Biden. Not Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden's doing everything he can to get it under control. But this would have happened no matter who the president was, because it's more to do with coming out of a major event with 750,000 people dying in this country. Anyhow, let's talk about some of the things going on in the country now, some of the important things, some things that are a little more important than Dollar Tree raising its prices. We've been hearing about uh, a court case down in, uh, in Virginia. Now, you remember Charlottesville, that little soiree with all the white supremacists? 
and uh, putting on their little protest that got a little violent. You even got to the point where one of the white supremacists got in a car and drove over the top of an innocent young woman who was killed because of that. It was a fucking mess down there, and there was a lot of violence because, frankly, white supremacists are violent by nature. So what happened? Now, this was in 2017. So what happened is some of the people that were impacted by the violence, hurt or damaged or whatever, filed lawsuits against the organizers of that event. And that organizer is Unite the Right. You might as well call it White is Right because these were fucking white supremacists. They're dirt balls and they do some horrible things. But these people that were victims of the Unite the Right decided to sue these people. Now, I always get people complaining, it's taking too long. We need something to happen. It's not taking too long. It's never going to happen. Well, when you're talking about the legal system, the judicial system, shit takes a long time. Now, Charlottesville was in 2017. It's now 2021. That's four years ago. And that lawsuit has been going on all that time. But on uh, Tuesday, the verdict came in and the Unite the Right white supremacist group lost the lawsuit to all these people that were hurt and damaged during Charlottesville. And they lost big to the tune of $26 million. Now, keep in mind, many of these folks are already broke from having to pay for lawyers up to this point. They will probably never collect the $26 million in total, but it's going to shackle these fucks for the rest of their life. And that's good enough for me. I'm hoping that uh, the, uh, the victims do get some money out of this. I hope they get a lot of money out of it. But it's basically going to put the Unite the Right organization out of business. And what they did, they sued individuals in that organization. I think the average guy is being sued for $750,000. Now, that's a lot of money for a guy whose previous job was stealing money out of grandma's purse. Because these aren't the sharpest, most employable fucking people. Who knows what they did to make money? No doubt uh, this white supremacist group is run like a biker gang or something like that, where maybe there's some criminality involved in them earning money. Well, now they're going to be drained of a shitload of money because of all they did in Charlottesville, in spite of the fact that, of course, uh, Donald Trump said, well, there were nice people on both sides. Well, no, there wasn't. There isn't a single white supremacist or anybody that supports a white supremacist that is a nice person. They are, they are innately bad. They're horrible fucking people. And the fact that these folks finally paid a price is good news. $26 million. Again, you know they don't have $26 million. And these people aren't going to get $26 million. I think they realize that. But they're pretty much going to shackle this group and allow them to do nothing. Now, they might branch off and open other groups and all that stuff. But that money is going to be hanging over the individual's necks 
See, that's the thing. They, they, they sued individuals. So you can disband the company or the organization, but those fucks personally are going to be stuck with it until they die. And then maybe their estate after they die. So this is a wonderful turn of events down in uh, Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia. These people finally paying a price for the horrific things they did down in Charlottesville. Now, it's not going to bring the young woman who died back to life, but it is going to hold them accountable, and accountable they are now. $26 million they lose in the lawsuit. It took four years, but they got those sons of bitches, and I am glad about it. All right, next up, let's talk about the House Select Committee. Now, in the previous podcast, we talked about five subpoenas they issued. And amongst those subpoenas were Roger Stone and Alex Jones. These are two fucking cartoon characters. They are fucking idiots. They are liars. They are conspiracy theorists. They are bullshit. Now, we don't know whether or not they'll show up. But if they don't, you can bet they are going to be turned over to the DOJ. They are going to do everything they can to slow this down. But to date... Steve Bannon or any of these other fucks haven't been able to slow it down enough to uh, do what they normally do, like when Donald Trump was in office. So these guys are going to pay a price. What will be interesting is if they show up. Now, people will say to me, well, Alex Jones, well, Alex Jones actually said this. He says, if I go, (laughs) I'm just going to plead the fifth. Well, he can do that. He can. First of all, he has to show up. Otherwise, he's in criminal contempt of court. It'll go to the DOJ, just like it did with Steve Bannon. However, if he comes, he made the first right step. But if he pleads the fifth on everything, on everything, they still can charge him with criminal contempt of Congress. So he can't game this situation. Neither one of them can. They sit down, plead the fifth. They're still going to get sent over to the DOJ and have to uh, battle in court over the criminal contempt of Congress. So these guys are getting a little pigeonholed here. They're going to have to do something. And I have to wonder now if Steve Bannon isn't going to start screaming, oh, I'll talk now, I'll talk now if I have to go to court. And he's going to court soon. I think it's November 30th. And, uh, And so... When this occurs and they get turned over to the DOJ, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And if they do talk, it'll be interesting to see what they say. And if they plead the fifth, it will be interesting to see what Congress does or the House Select Committee in Congress. Now, a lot of people continue to say, oh, that House Select Committee isn't doing anything. Look, they've already deposed over 200 people. They know what the fuck is going on. And when this information finally gets released, some shit is going to happen. Some shit is going to hit the fan because there's a lot of proof that's already been exposed in these depositions. They want to get the higher-ups in there, like the Steve Bannons or the Mark Meadows. That's the one thing I'm waiting, waiting to see. Mark Meadows is a big fish for them to get. He was the chief of staff for... Donald Trump. 
He got the subpoena. He's refused to show because he has executive privilege, in spite of the fact that the courts now have said, yeah, that executive privilege stuff is bullshit. He's still trying to hold out. Now, I've been waiting, and I'm still waiting for them to refer him to the DOJ. He might be a little harder case to get prosecuted because he was so tight with Trump at the time. But again, executive privilege isn't available to him. He might be able to argue it, but it's not available to him, so he can't win. Maybe it's just that he can allow it to take longer to get done. But the bottom line is, this dumb fuck, this obstructionist fuck, needs to be put in the system, needs to know that he's going to be held accountable, whether it be tomorrow or next year. This fucker needs to be accountable. So hopefully they will do that. But as I say, a lot of people don't think the House Select Committee is doing much. They've done a lot. 200 people or more that they've deposed. They've got other people coming. Um... They're moving through this pretty fast, and they're getting a lot of information. And you'll notice that they're just climbing up the pyramid here. They got the low-level guys, the mid-level guys. Now they're talking about uh, looking into Bannon and Mark Meadows and Roger Stone. And now, today, the House Select Committee issued six more subpoenas. Some people you don't know, but there are two groups of people that uh, they have subpoenaed that will be interesting, too. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, There's Enrique Terrio. Enrique Terrio, he is the leader of the Proud Boys. And then there's Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the Oath Keepers. Now, what's interesting about the Oath Keepers is that Roger Stone was in Washington, D.C., Prior to January 6th, he wasn't there on January 6th. However, he had employed the Oath Keepers as personal security. So clearly there's a connection between Roger Stone and the Oath Keepers. Alex Jones was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, and he was supposed to lead the charge from the Ellipse all the way down to the U.S. Capitol. And uh, he was in the mix there. He knows a lot of stuff, so they'll need to talk to him. But you can see they're getting closer to the top, and that can only mean that at some point they are going to have to subpoena Donald Trump. They'll have to subpoena Trump's family, Ivanka, Eric, Don Jr., maybe even Kimberly Guilfoyle. (laughs) That's Don Jr.'s girlfriend, and I use that term loosely because she's more of a beast than a girl. Uh, There's something weird about that woman, and she's scary. I don't know why, but she is. Uh, But we're hearing now with Kimberly Guilfoyle that she raised a ton of money to get these people to Washington, D.C. So tell me they didn't have something to do with it. Fucking Don Jr.'s girlfriend is raising money to get these Trump-la-fuck country fucks from deep Georgia or Alabama or whatever, into Washington, D.C., so they can mount an insurrection. Tell me the Trumps don't have anything to do with it. Fuck, they're giving them the money to do it, for Christ's sake. So there's a lot of stuff happening with the House Select Committee. You're going to see more. In two days, we saw 11 subpoenas issued and uh, four people of note 
that have been subpoenaed. We're going to wait and see how that all goes. But if you think they're not doing anything, don't think that any longer because they're doing a lot of stuff. They're talking to a lot of people. And when this all shakes out, we're going to find out some shit that we'll probably even be surprised about. I mean, we know that members of Congress and Donald Trump were involved in the insurrection in one point or another, but we'll probably know just how deep this goes. They always say follow the money. We know Kimberly Guilfoyle brought a lot of money to the table to get these people here, but there's other monies involved. And if there's a way to scam the system and steal money or use money to get an advantage, you know Donald Trump's involved in that shit, and all of that will be exposed. House Select Committee, 11 subpoenas in two days, four of which are people of note. So this is very, very, very interesting. We're going to keep a close eye on this, and as things shake out, of course, we'll let you know about it here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, the big story of the last few days is about this idiot who barreled through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, with his red SUV. He was caught almost immediately. They found the car almost immediately. He ended up killing, well, the, the, the story was he killed five people, older women who were part of the dancing grannies, injured 48 people, but just today, another person, a child who was critically injured, died. So now... He has killed six people, injured 48, and he is a piece of shit. The troubling thing about this whole situation is, why was he even there to be able to do this? He's pretty much a lifelong criminal. He's a piece of shit from the word go. Now, he was in jail. Now, the reason he was in jail is because he had a girlfriend who he punched in the mouth. And then when she was down, yeah, he ran her over with the very same SUV. Now, she survived, thankfully. She was injured, seriously, of course, but she did survive. Well, needless to say, after doing that, he ended up in jail. And then he got bail. But then he jumped bail. He paid the bail, got the hell out of Dodge. But then he got caught again and put back in jail. And then the Friday before the event, last Friday, he got bail again, and it was all of $1,000. He gets out. A couple of days later, he takes his SUV, fleeing from some other domestic disturbance he was involved in, and we don't know all the details of that as yet. But then he plows through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I mean, this is probably... The sweetest, most homespun event you can have in a small town. 
These folks didn't have a Christmas parade last year because of COVID, so now they're all excited to get everybody back together, take a look at the fun, the pageantry, and all this stuff. They had a high school band, a girls' uh, dance team, and, of course, the dancing grannies. They're all there. The people are on the sidelines watching. They're excited. They love the holidays. They love the fact that they finally got this back after not being able to have it last year. And then this piece of shit drives his SUV right through the middle of them, killing six people and injuring 48. He is a fucking animal. And there is no question, well, there is a lot of question as to why he was even out He obviously is a violent criminal. He's a lifelong criminal. He'd run over his girlfriend with the very same SUV. He gets out on bail. He jumps bail. He gets back in jail. He gets back out on bail of thousand bucks. And he out just long enough to kill six more people and injure 48. Now, we know the guy who did this is a piece of shit. His name is Daryl Brooks. They gave his name and showed his picture and... Uh, He looks like a piece of shit. Now, some people have made a big deal out of it saying, oh, he's black. Well, so what if he's black? No one gives a shit if he's black or white or Hispanic or whatever. This isn't a racial issue by any means. This is about a human being who's a piece of shit that doesn't care about anybody but themselves and is more than happy to kill innocent people. Regardless of race, he's a piece of shit. He should go to jail for life. Now, he was charged with five first-degree intentional homicides. I can only believe now that we've had a sixth person die that there will be six counts of first-degree intentional homicide. That should put him away for a long time, and if it doesn't, that just exposes our judicial system even more so at how bad it is. And trust me. Our judicial system clearly has a lot of problems. The four years with Donald Trump exposed that. And when we see situations like this, where a man shouldn't even be out of jail, but gets out of jail because our judicial system allows him to easily. And then he goes off and kills somebody else just days later. There has to be some hard questions asked of the judicial system in Wisconsin. Why did this happen? Who was responsible for this happening? And once we know who who is responsible for it, we need to know why the fucker still has a job. Because this is a mistake that you can't fix. This is a tragedy because of ineptitude with the judicial system in Wisconsin. There's no question about it. Now, of course, this comes on the heel of... uh, on the heels of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse getting off free and clear after shooting three people, killing two innocent parties. He got off free and clear. And I'm going to talk about him in a second because it kind of ties into all of this. But so this Daryl Brooks, the man who drove through the Christmas parade, went to court, was arraigned, and he has bail now. Now, his bail this time is $5 million, which sounds like a lot of money to me, but there's a lot of people complaining that it should be higher. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think this fuckhead should have any bail at all. He shouldn't be loose on the streets. 
So people are complaining that the bail's not high enough or that he got bail at all, but he did get $5 million um, bail. So what does that mean? Now, if he gets a bail bondsman, what's he pay? 10% of that? And uh, that would, what's that, $500,000 or $50,000? Doesn't matter because he doesn't have that kind of money. He's not going to be able to pull it off. He's going to sit in jail where he belongs and he should never be let out again, ever. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes down. Now, the one point where race will probably come into play because they're in Wisconsin, they'll probably hit him with the maximum. He's not Kyle Rittenhouse. He's not a white kid. This is a black man who did horrific things. Hopefully he will pay the maximum amount of punishment he can get. And given it's Wisconsin and their racist tendencies, I don't think that'll be a problem in this situation. It's not a white guy. But since we're talking about a white guy that doesn't get any punishment at all for murdering two people, let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse for a minute. So Kyle Rittenhouse gets out of the murder charges. He's free and clear. He was uh, pronounced not guilty with prejudice, meaning he can't be retried on this. Now, the feds could do something with regards to gun charges, interstate charges. Uh, Whether that will happen, I don't know. But Kyle's going to have all kinds of problems in the future. He's a young kid. He's 18 years old. He's got a lot of life to live and not a lot to live for. I'll try to explain to you. Now, see, the thing about it is when Kyle got arrested, his mom is a certified nursing assistant. She doesn't make any money. She doesn't have enough money to mount any kind of defense fund for her son. He's about to get fried because he can't afford a lawyer. But what happens? All the Trump fucks decide to get together, start some crowdfunding, and get him some money for his defense fund. And they don't just get a little bit of money. They got him $2 million. $2 million to defend himself against a half-assed prosecution in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And trust me, if you watched the trial, you know that prosecution was half-assed. You throw in the fact that the judge was... Uh, bias toward the defense and Kyle Rittenhouse, that prosecution didn't have a fucking prayer. The judge wasn't having it. They weren't great in the first place. So it's really not that surprising that Kyle Rittenhouse won. Now, when he had the $2 million, what does he do? They go out and get this lawyer who was part of the legal team with O.J. Simpson back in the 90s. So clearly this guy specializes in getting murderers out free and clear, and that's exactly what he did with Kyle Rittenhouse. But let's make some comparisons here. Let's take O.J. Simpson back in the 90s when this gentleman helped him get away with murder. Now, O.J. Simpson was a famous man. He was a great football player. He was a movie star. He had money. He had uh, an image. But when he went to trial for this, everything kind of went to shit. And yes, he was found not guilty. But what happened to him after the fact? Well, of course, there were the civil cases. He won the criminal case, but he lost the civil cases. So... 
O.J. Simpson was buried in civil court debt. I mean, he'll never get out from underneath that. They took everything he owned, pretty much. He still gets a pension to survive from the NFL, but they took pretty much everything he had. And you don't see O.J. popping up and being too visible. Every now and again, you see him on TikTok or something like that. But for the most part, not like it once was, because you see everywhere O.J. Simpson goes, he's a pariah or he's a joke. He's not really welcome most places because... Like I say, he's a pariah or a joke. Now, the same thing is going to apply to Kyle Rittenhouse. The only difference is he wasn't famous and rich before this all happened. He wasn't, uh, he doesn't have a lot of money. I don't know if he has some of the two million left to survive on. Hopefully he does. But if I know lawyers, and I do, they will squeeze out every penny of that $2 million budget, they'll make it work somehow that they get all the money because that's what fucking lawyers do. So now Kyle Rittenhouse has the same problem OJ has, except he doesn't have the benefits that OJ had going into the trial. (laughs) And if that weren't bad enough, if that weren't bad enough, Kyle makes another stupid choice. It seems like Kyle Rittenhouse has a history of making stupid choices, like traveling from Illinois to Kenosha, Wisconsin, bringing an AR-15, and then um, stirring things up in a protest, and then claims he's protecting himself because now these people got mad and he decides to shoot them. So it's self-defense, and according to Wisconsin courts, It's fucking self-defense. Say what you want. But that's what the Wisconsin courts said. And that's where he is. (laughs) But in the court case, you might remember this. They mentioned his TikTok account. (laughs) And the name on his TikTok account was Four Doors More Whores. (laughs) This kid's probably a fucking virgin. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. But he had a gun in his own house when that happened. And on that TikTok account, he said, just trying to be famous. See, that's what this 18-year-old kid wanted. He wanted to be famous, and famous he is, but not for the right things, and it's not going to benefit him. Now, up until, say, yesterday... He maybe felt like the uh, the Trumplicans would be there to back him up, help support him. And they might have for a while, but as I've said, they'll find some other shiny new hot news story, and they'll focus on that, and, and uh, Kyle Rittenhouse will fade away and be left twisting in the wind. I thought that might take a month, two months, maybe three months, but I knew what would happen. But I had no idea what happened as quickly as it did. Because, you see, Mr. I-Want-to-Be-Famous, Kyle Rittenhouse, accepts the offer to be for an exclusive interview with Tucker Carlson on Fox News. Now, what people have to understand on the Republican side, the Trumplican side, nobody out there gives a fuck about you. They will let you fry if they can benefit from it. And that's exactly what Fox News did. Because once Kyle got up there, I'm sure somebody told him, ah, you maybe better temper this a little bit so people don't kill you on the streets or the civil suits don't kill you. 
So Kyle Rittenhouse come out and says, you know, Tucker, this isn't about race. In fact, I'm a supporter of Black Lives Matter. (laughs) Oh, that was the wrong move. All the Democrats hate you because you're a fucking murderer. They frown on people killing innocent people in cold blood like he did. Now, at least for a short time, the Republicans, the Trumplicans, the Patriots would all support him and make them their new poster boy. But when Kyle Rittenhouse comes out and says, I support BLM, their poster boy becomes one of the most hated guys in the country because they don't like BLM. They don't want to support BLM. And if their poster boy says he does, well, fuck him. We're done with him. And there are all kinds of things in the social media saying, I was a Kyle fan, but no more. We can't like BLM. So now Kyle's got a problem. As much as the Trumplicans might have helped him out for the next few months at least, now they're just going to abandon him. The Democrats don't like him because he kills people, innocent people. And now the Trumplicans don't like him because he's... (laughs) Get this, because he's not racist, or at least claims to be not racist. (laughs) That's so fucking ironic. So now Kyle is fucked here. Who does he go to for support? There's nobody but Mommy. You know, the lady that drove him to the uh, protest, drove him to his position where he could murder people. That was Mommy. Now, there's going to be all kinds of civil cases against Kyle Rittenhouse. He's going to get sued to death, and he's probably going to lose because the requirements in civil court are much easier than in criminal court, and he's going to lose because he, in fact, shot these people. They're probably going to sue his mom, too, for being involved, or maybe his uncle for buying the gun in the first place. So that whole family could be taken down and buried under a lot of debt very quickly, and they've got no way to make money because nobody likes the motherfucker anymore. Not even the guys that gave him $2 million to defend himself. Oh, they got to be kicking themselves now, don't they, those Trumplicans? I mean, how many times do Trumplicans have to lose and get ripped off financially before they say, hey, this isn't a good idea. We shouldn't do that anymore. But once again, it happens. Kyle gets $2 million. He gets off. They're all excited. But then he says, I support BLM for Christ's sake. (laughs) There was probably... uh, Trumplicans all over the country in unison saying, ah, hell no. Kyle's gone and fucked up. (laughs) We don't like him anymore. See, that's the problem with Trumplicans. You do anything that they don't like and they just dispose of you. And they have disposed of Kyle Rittenhouse. And you can blame Tucker Carlson for this because I think it was recorded. Now, they know what would happen when he said, I support BLM. If they were trying to help Kyle Rittenhouse, what they would have done is edited that shit out. Any PR person that knew Kyle Rittenhouse or worked for Fox News said, yeah, we better not put that in. He's our poster boy. We got to keep him popular. That was a dumb move. He's fucking 18 years old. He doesn't know what he's doing. 
But see, that's the problem with this whole thing. This 17-year-old boy, when he was going to the, uh, to the protest and ultimately killing people, the problem here is that Kyle is smarter than his parents. And Kyle isn't that smart. So we're making dumb choices with Kyle all along the way. And each time, he's getting hung out to dry. Yeah, he got off the murder charges, but his life is done. Now, prior to that event, he could have just quietly went off to college, done his shit, become a nurse or whatever he wants to be. But here's the problem. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows that cherubic face. And everybody wants to stay the fuck away from him. Not only the Democrats, but the Republicans. So Kyle wants to be a nurse. What hospital is going to hire him? They don't need that kind of publicity. They aren't going to hire him. So Kyle is fucked in this situation. He's seriously fucked in this situation. It'll be fun to watch, but I wouldn't want to be Kyle Rittenhouse at this point. Now, talking about people I wouldn't want to be like, how about Mike Lindell? Yeah, Mike Lindell. Now, this guy is just a flat-out clown. And that's the funny thing about all these Trumplicans. There's so many clowns in this group. Roger Stone, Alex Jones, Don Jr., Donald Sr., and, of course, Mike Lindell. From the get-go, Mike Lindell's claiming, oh, it's election fraud, we've got all kinds of evidence. He's getting sued by Dominion voting machines to the tune of $1.2 billion dollars. Yeah, Mike's rich, but he ain't that rich, and that'll pretty much destroy him when he loses that case, and he certainly will, because he's never been able to produce any proof that there was election fraud. Now, all along the way, he said, oh, it's coming. It is coming. Donald Trump will be back in office in August. Well, August came and went, and nothing happened. Mike even had that little telethon. He says, oh, just wait. On that telethon, I'm going to expose it all. And he did show something, but even his own people, his own experts said, yeah, that's not anything. That's not evidence. That's bullshit. So once again, Mike Lindell failed. We get so tired of hearing all the things that Mike Lindell said, you might have forgot that he did also say that Donald Trump will be back in office before Thanksgiving. Well, as you're listening to this, it's probably Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. <laughs> it ain't nothing happening. In fact, Mike, uh, Mark Lindell, Mike Lindell said, said, look, we're going to get all the AGs all around the country to sign off on it. Then there's going to be a court case that goes to the Supreme Court, and it will be voted on in our favor, nine to zero. You know what? No AG has signed off on anything, and there is no court case in the Supreme Court. Nothing. So once again, Mike Lindell is full of shit. Now, it's funny. Some of these Trumplicans love this clown. He's clearly an idiot. He's clearly delusional, and he's clearly not that smart. And they keep following him. It's just like QAnon. The failures come and failures come, but they still continue to follow him. QAnon hasn't given us one legitimate real prediction since we started hearing about it. 
Same with Mike Lindell. He's made all these claims, made all these promises, but nothing, absolutely nothing. You got the QAnons waiting for JFK Jr. down in Dealey Plaza. They've been down there three or four times, and every time it's failed. JFK Jr. didn't show up. And I got to be honest with you, not surprised. Why? Well, because he's dead. (laughs) It's pretty clear that JFK Jr. passed away. But for whatever reason, they think he's going to come back to life. Just as Mike Lindell insists he has all the evidence. He's going to get a nine to nothing favorable vote in the Supreme Court, even though there is no Supreme Court case. Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And once again, Mike Lindell shit the bed. What the fuck else is new? (laughs) Um, Last thing I wanted to bring up um, is something about the Democrats. Now, if you look at the polls with Joe Biden, if you look at uh, what's going on, a lot of people aren't happy with Biden, which is strange because the economy is going crazy. The stock market is going crazy. Unemployment is going down to 4.6%. Joe Biden created 5.8 million jobs in just 10 months, more than Donald Trump created in his whole four years. We've got the infrastructure bill passed, and this is going to do huge things for this country. We're going to have the Build Back Better bill passed sometime in the next couple of weeks, and that's going to do huge things for this country. They're going to get the voting rights bill passed one way or another. I know people are anxious about it. They're mad at Joe Biden because he hasn't done that yet. Well, Joe Biden's done a lot of shit, and you can only do it one at a time. Be fucking patient. And then when he does do it, you should shut up and apologize because I'm tired of hearing the fucking whining. But... Here's the thing. You take a look at the things that Joe Biden has done in the first year of office. And I'm hard-pressed to find any president who's done more. I think Lyndon Baines Johnson did a lot of shit in his first year, too, coming out of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. But Joe Biden's done a lot of shit, yet people still don't look at him favorably. Everything's going good. Like the Trump's always said, how's your 401k doing? Well, if you're looking at your 401k right now, it should be doing pretty well. So here's the problem. Democrats have horrible messaging. They need to be selling what's going on. Apparently, we can't count on the general public to read a bill or to look into anything. You've got to slap them in the face with all the benefits before they can even comprehend it. Now, I would hope better for the people of this country that they'd be smarter and a little more determined to look at what's happening in politics and in our government. But apparently that's not the case. So the Democrats have to do something totally different than what they normally do. They need to start selling. They need to keep pushing what the benefits are of all these things they're getting. I sat and talked to somebody and tried to explain to them the benefits of of the next bill giving us um, a cap of 7% on child care, 7% of your income, and 8% of your income on health care. 
Well, that's fucking huge. That's going to put a lot more money back in people's pockets. But for whatever reason, people don't get it. They don't understand it or they don't believe it. So now is the time the Democrats have to get up and start um, tooting their own horn. Not because it's the best thing to do, uh, but it's apparently the only thing you can do to get people to understand and get it and appreciate what is being done for them. So I'm hoping now that uh, the Democrats have figured this out. They got one year to pull this out. All these bills that are passing and the benefits that are occurring, apparently it's not enough that the people receive the benefits. We need to tell them about it. So as much as it sounds ridiculous, you need to fucking do it. So the Democrats need to get off their ass and start talking, start selling. Joe Biden needs to do it. Pelosi needs to do it. Every House member needs to do it in their areas. Every senator needs to do it in their areas. I mean, fuck, we got Republicans out there taking taking credit for shit they didn't even vote for. If they can do that, our Democrats can get out there and start selling. If you want a positive result in 2022, you better start flapping your lips and let people know exactly what they're getting, because that's what it's going to take. All right, we're running out of time. Wrap things up. We will be back with another Rational Boomer podcast very soon. If you have questions, comments, uh, send them to me at therationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Find the Rational Boomer podcast and leave a voicemail message. So you have a great day and we will talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.